0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: the biggest breaking news stories an outspoken opinion the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio
0: Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia hartley Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. An awful lot to talk about. Uh, Obviously, lots about vaccinations, lots of stories there uh, in terms of of course the Moderna vaccine being paused in terms of its uh, rollout in America and deliveries uh, of um, apologies, no, not Moderna vaccine carrying on, but the Johnson vaccine. There are so many of them, aren't there? Uh, The Johnson vaccine being uh, paused in America and paused in terms of uh, its rollout in the EU as well. Uh, Mix and match vaccines for second jabs. We're told is going to be tried out here in the UK. This as 45 year old plus uh, have been able to get their vaccines on track. Uh, my husband, of 48, able to get his finally booked in. Uh, lots of people are trying to get that done before the summer in case they're getting abroad. does involve having a vaccine. Very different from vaccine passports here in the UK. Delighted to see more than 60 restaurant owners, nightclub operators, the like, signing a letter uh, saying they will not use vaccine passports uh, on their customers. So delighted uh, about that. Good good for them. Uh, so we're going to be talking about all of that, plus, of course, the latest on variants. Yes, of course, the South African variant in an outbreak in South London is the latest excuse we're going to have for us all, you know, keeping uh, con- all these restrictions on our lives. So lots to talk about, but as I have to say, front page of a lot of the papers today is the Greens Hill lobbying row. Uh, the tentacles on that really widening uh, much faster I think than many had predicted, but uh, it's certainly not a story that's going away. Going to talk about that throughout the show. And joining me for the chat throughout is conservative commentator benedict spence good morning to you benedict
1: Good morning, Julia. How are well, you?
0: Very well, indeed. Um, let's start with the Greensill lobbying row, because the uh, front page of a lot of the papers today, um, well, a lot of it is concerning the fact that uh, Labour are going to be pushing for, uh, for a vote in Parliament uh, to ensure that there is actually uh, a proper, full wide-ranging inquiry into uh, the Greensill lobbying row involving David Cameron, so it's not just the, sort of, the technicalities of the rules of whether or not uh, uh, he broke rules. Now, of course, David Cameron has been cleared of any wrongdoing in terms of the rules, but the big question is, is whether the rules are actually the right rules there in terms of a former Prime Minister being able to make calls, text messaging to Cabinet Secretaries and Chancellors and Health Secretaries and trying to get sort of preferment and extra um, access, which let's face it, any of us ran a a firm and wanted to get some money out of the government, we wouldn't remotely uh, be able to do the same thing. But uh, it has widened now into sort of an idea that, well, this was frankly something of the norm. And it would appear that Greensill, a company, by the way, which a few months ago I'd never even heard of, um, really had to tentacles everywhere. Uh, Cameron's procurement chief, a civil servant called Bill Crothers, was allowed to work in Downing Street in the Cabinet Office while paid as a Greensill board advisor at the same time for three months. Now, this isn't even a revolving door. This is the man actually being basically stuck in, in, in both camps at the same time. Now, given that Greensill was seeking government contracts, this man was in charge of procuring private sector contractors to do work. He was being paid by the taxpayer and by Greensill at the same time and then went off to a job where he was given shares which could have been worth up to £5 million. I mean, this smacks of... I mean, I'm not calling it corruption. It doesn't necessarily have to be corruption, but it's facts of something being not quite right. I mean, the conflict of interest is huge.
1: It is huge. Uh, and uh, the thing is... Uh, Perhaps a lot of members of the public don't realize this, but I was almost under the impression that this was sort of a sotto voce understood thing. This is incredibly widespread. It's actually very often that we hear stories of similar sorts of goings on, sort of appearing in sort of the back pages of uh, everywhere from the Times to Private Eye, you will come across stories like this. And actually what you said at the top there is the key. It's not necessarily against the rules, but it's whether or not the rules are actually fit for purpose and whether or not most people are happy with them. Um, I think it happens on a scale. So, <laughs> Uh, that would surprise uh, an awful lot of people, and the, at the same time, wouldn't surprise an awful lot of people, given that there is this sort of overarching yeah. view that there is an awful lot of cronyism. Yeah. And
0: they're all that goes like this on idea. Government. Oh well, they're all on the take. I mean, I I, yeah. no, I, I don't believe you know that civil servants or, or politicians are sort of you know all on the take. I, I think most people have yeah. a, a very unfair view of, of politicians and those working in government. Of that, you know, you know, if you're just motivated by money, frankly, there are a lot of easier ways to make your money uh, than, than than being a politician. But but it's this idea that 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 it's all all above board and all these sort of gentlemen agreements and and that this sort of you scratch my back I'll scratch yours um and and of course this has a big impact on the idea that you know I mean do I care if one bloke makes a bit of money on some shares because of what he's done in government well no, but I do care if the person who is trying to get value for money for the taxpayer is being mm. paid by one of the companies that might be trying to, you know, get money out of the government. Um, let's you know, let's stop pretending that the companies like Greensill, who are trying to get sort of bailouts, like uh, you know, are on the side of the taxpayer. Quite the contrary.
1: I mean, it's very interesting given that at sort of the, the midpoint of the pandemic when it sort of emerged, uh, everything about PPE contracts and who was in charge of vaccine procurement and all that sort of thing. Um, And it was incredibly, there was a concerted effort, and you can tell that there was a concerted effort because there were so many stories about it that never quite went anywhere, about how there was Tory corruption that wasn't being, you know, wasn't being properly investigated, but Tories selling off contracts to their mates, people who had no experience in PPE procurement or anything like that. And you could tell that this was obviously an attack line that people really wanted to go down, because it does stick, actually, yeah. Tories and cronyism. Um, The fact is, it didn't for a very long time, you know, people just weren't really prepared to concentrate that there were more important things going yeah. on. And then, of course, you had the success of the vaccine task force of venture capitalism, people go, oh, well, maybe this is a good thing. The problem is, if this sort of thing comes out and then another thing comes out and then another yep. thing comes out as we emerge from the pandemic and we're sort of blinking, staggering into the world, looking for something else to talk about. This will begin to stick. I don't think that that many heads will roll, no. but I think it's one of those things that will tarnish the image of. Of the people that are involved, it's, and of course that could be the prime minister yeah, very and, easily. And
0: it it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. It's just it's yeah. just tacky, and it's also just a lot of very rich people taking advantage of their money and their contacts and their positions. And when that comes out at a time when. You know, an awful lot of people are seriously struggling. Um, mm. And we've been talking to people all week. You know, oh great, you're, you know your hairdresser gets to reopen. This lovely lady we spoke to this week, but pointed out that she's got sixty thousand pounds in debt. Ban- in debts with the bounce back mm. loans that are going to be repaid, and the cost of having her staff on furlough and the like. And you know, so many people are financially struggling. I mean, lots of people, frankly, they've got money sitting in the bank. They've been working from home on their laptops. They're just fine. Well, great for them, but but millions of others aren't. Lots of people have lost their jobs. To see um, uh, people sort of benefiting. From Financially from this, I mean, a lot of people get you know very angry at the likes of Amazon. Well, we can all choose not to buy Amazon products, can't we? If mm-hmm. necessary, you can get you know I, mean, I try whenever possible to order something through any other means you know, directly from a company, and, and just to try and sort of help break up that monopoly of Amazon. But but you know, but we're responsible for that. But but when the government is giving out contracts, and often we are seeing in these cases, and we saw this with PPE, and I'm sorry, an awful lot. Of this comes back to Matt um, Hancock's door again and again. It's you know mates of Matt Hancock who seem to do well when companies who are Desperately trying to, you know, offer their services, yeah, for money, yeah, of course, but but nevertheless, a good value for money service cannot get a look in uh, with the government. But if you, you know, if you if you happen to go to school with the right person, or you, you go to the gentleman's club with the right person, or whatever it is, all these people do, um, then, then then you then you get the meeting. And look. We know in the real world, don't we? I mean, look, it's how people get jobs, it's how it's how the middle classes get jobs for their kids. Oh, let you know, let me get you in the door, let me let me get you some work experience. Let me we know that in every area it's like, Oh, let me ask my mate. He's you know, he'll know if there are any jobs going at the garage. I mean, it happens in every walk of life. It's just in some walks of life it's about, you know, getting your kid a job in um you know as a start out and in and in other walks of life, it's owning tens of millions of pounds in share you know revenue as a result of a a multi million pound taxpayer government bailout, and that's where people say mm, yeah. doesn't spark pass as mal now a lot of this in the papers today as we're talking about you know is this is it's gone from being stuff that David Cameron did after leaving office to. Stuff that David Cameron did while leaving office, and we we're on the show yesterday, say, look, the fact that he thought this was how, you know, you put in a phone call and then you got the deal, the fact that's how he thought it worked after government suggests that's how it did work when he was prime minister. But this is now the tentacles now coming into obviously Boris Johnson's government. But there's no doubt at all. I mean, there's no love lost between those two men. So <laughs> it may well be that Boris Johnson's quite happy to have a widened scope for this inquiry and bring down his former rival. I mean, there's been a real ego battle between the two men. But there's also a big risk, of course, that he could bring down members of his own government.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think for now, it's very convenient that it is David Cameron, who is not particularly well loved, it must be said, amongst most people, uh, who's uh, as it were.
0: But that's the thing. He was a very popular prime minister.
1: But he was at the time, and then after Brexit, he left and decided to leave everybody else to to mop up the mess, and that made him very unpopular amongst most remainers and Brexiters who felt he should have should have done his job and seen the whole thing through. Uh, but I think for now, well, I'm not saying he's Tony Blair, but he's certainly not as uh, as popular as he could be. But I think it's very interesting that that for now he's the fall guy and he can take yeah. the flat but also he's slightly out of the public image; he doesn't have to go to the press and answer questions. So it sort of suits everybody right now. You've got this sort of this human sheep who is actually uh, slightly evasive and over there and actually people are looking over there. And I think that that suits the prime minister. But as you say, especially with he's got such a public facing health secretary who really has been on everybody's TV screens for the last year and a half. And it is very interesting, isn't it? How many of these sort of the the contracts to do with the pandemic in particular uh, have crossed his desk? And. Mm So in the short term, it might be a very nice thing, especially when the prime minister is coming out and saying things about lockdowns uh, that are very potentially very uh, damaging to him later on to have this little sideshow going on. But again, it's one of those sort of, it's a trade off. For the time being, this is dealing with one problem, but it could become a much larger problem in of itself Down the line.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about this a lot during the show. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Michael Gove's shadow, Rachel Reeves of the Labour Party. They are pushing for a vote in the House of Commons to establish a full, transparent parliamentary run inquiry into the Greensill scandal. Um, We're also going to be uh, talking to the former chairman of the Committees on Standards and Public Life about what he thinks has gone wrong.
1: The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
0: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.